Aloha, this is Pastor Perry, and I want to thank you for joining us online to study the Word of God together. We pray that you will be blessed as the Holy Spirit ministers to you through this message and through God's Word. Well, we're so grateful to have all of you here, and we especially love having the children here that are here tonight with us. And I want you to know this is a child-friendly sermon. It's rated G, and, uh, and it's shorter. And kids, after the sermon, there'll be one more song, and then there'll be some candle lighting. So we're getting to the candle lighting. We're getting pretty close to that. But, you know, as a pastor, I'm often asked about Santa Claus, and Christian parents ask, like, what should they tell their kids? Because Santa Claus is, is fun and he's exciting, but sometimes he overshadows the reason for the season, which is Jesus. And, and so they ask me, and it's a great question. And they expect me to have a great answer. <laughs> and so I thought, I better do some research about this man, Santa Claus, so I know how to answer these parents that want to know. And, and so I did some research, and I discovered that you should tell your children the truth. And the truth is that Santa Claus was Greek. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because I'm Greek, but it's the fact. And you go back in history and you discovered he was a Greek man. And I thought, that's just great. And Santa Claus comes from a real man, St. Nicholas. And Nicholas, as you quickly probably recognize, is a Greek name. It's made up of two Greek words, Nikki, which means victory or victorious, and Leos, which means people. So the name can mean something like victorious people or people of victory, something like that. And we can actually trace this man, St. Nicholas, in history and discover that he was born on March 15th in the year 270 A.D., so that's about 1,750-some-odd years ago he was born, and he was born in the Greek city of Patara. And Patara was located in what was called Asia Minor. We, we call that Turkey today. And because it's Muslim, we often forget that it used to be Christian. And the Christian church had its center there in Asia Minor and Constantinople and Antioch and cities like Ephesus and Colossae were all in that part of the world, as well as this city, Patara, that St. Nicholas was from. And did you know that that city where St. Nicholas was born is actually in the Bible? And we're told in the book of Acts that the Apostle Paul, when he was traveling one time with his companion, Dr. Luke, that they changed ships in this coastal city of Patara where Santa Claus or St. Nicholas was, was born. Well, he was born to a Christian family. And his family was quite wealthy, but unfortunately, his parents died when he was a young man. They died in an epidemic that took his parents out. And so Nicholas inherited a lot of wealth. But he was a Christian. He followed his, his parents' example. And he wanted to know and he prayed what he should do with this great wealth that he inherited. So because he loved Jesus and because he took Jesus' commands seriously to help the poor... He started using his wealth and started giving it away to give to the poor. And he often gave these gifts anonymously to people. Well, Nicholas's devotion to God was so well known that they promoted him to bishop of the city of Myra over a number of churches. 
But tragically, there was an emperor that came to power, a Roman emperor, by the name of Diocletian. And he started persecuting Christians, and he put Nicholas in prison. But after that, another Roman emperor came to power, a man by the name of Constantine. And if you know the story, you know that he had a vision and miraculously became a Christian. And so he made Christianity legal in the Roman Empire, and he released Nicholas from prison. And Nicholas continued his good work to love Jesus and to help the poor. Well, he did so much for the poor, the church later on deemed him a saint. And so he became Saint Nicholas, and that name has morphed throughout time into Santa Claus or other names in other cultures. But the true Saint Nick was a devoted follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he helped the poor. And as such, he's someone that we should emulate and someone that you should tell your children and your grandchildren about. But Saint Nick never would want to have his persona overshadow the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to be careful that we don't let that happen. Well, there's another group of wealthy men who also gave gifts to the poor because they loved Jesus. And that story also is an ancient one But it's recorded for us in Scripture, and we read about it in Matthew chapter 2. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, we read this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. Now, the Magi, from which we also get the word magician, by the way, was a Persian word, and it referred to to men who were wise men, who were astrologers, who were wise in, in natural science as well, and medicine, and they came from the area of Medo Persia, we think, which is modern day Iran. And it said, Behold, Magi from the east, from what we call Iran, arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? And the reason they went to Jerusalem is because that was the capital, and if a king was going to be born, you'd expect him to be born in Jerusalem or in the capital, and people would know where he is. And they said, where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, we don't know how many magi there were. We know there were three types of gifts they gave, and over tradition, they, people said there were only three of them which is unlikely. It was probably a whole entourage of people, and they were special. They were, they were high in the government, so they would have traveled with servants and cooks and soldiers and camels and all kinds of things. It was a big entourage. They couldn't have been missed. But did you notice they came not just to see a king? They came, it says, to worship him. And that word worship that's used here in the original Greek, the the word proskuneo, means to bow down at the feet. And so they are serious about why they've come and what they're going to do. They went beyond believing that there was a king to falling at his feet. The text goes on in verse 11. It tells us, and they, the magi, came into the house Notice this is sometime after the birth because they come to a house, not a stable. They saw the child, not a baby, so he's grown up a little bit. And they saw him with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped 
him. They went beyond belief to action, and they worshiped him, and opening their treasures, they presented him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, we recognize that Jesus is king, and he's king of kings, but as a king of kings, he was born into poverty, and these wealthy travelers gave him gifts, gifts to the poor family, the holy family, who would then use these gifts to survive because shortly after this, they would go into exile in Egypt, and they have this wealth given to them by these men who worshiped Jesus and helped the poor. You know, Jesus tells us later in the book of Matthew, he's talking about a future judgment when he's king, and he's judging people. And notice what he says. He says, when you treat the poor well, you're treating Jesus well. In Matthew 25, verse 35, Jesus says at the judgment, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked or clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king, King Jesus, will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers, a fellow believer of mine, even the least of them, the poorest of them, you did it to me. It may be beyond belief that you can help Jesus by helping the poor around you. So let us take our example from St. Nick, who went beyond belief to help others. Let's take our example from the Magi, who went beyond belief to worship Jesus and help others as well. But sometimes when people go beyond belief... They go in the wrong direction. I don't know if you ever thought about it before, but King Herod believed in Jesus. He believed that the king of the Jews had been born, and he believed it so much because he thought his own kingdom was threatened, and he wouldn't be able to pass it on to his own sons, that he devised a wicked scheme, and his belief went into action. But instead of helping the poor, he tried to destroy them. And our text back in... Matthew chapter 2 tells us in verse 3, when Herod the king heard it, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he began to inquire of them where the Christ was to be born. He believed the scriptures. He had them run to the scriptures. He believed the Messiah was born. He had belief. But as we continue... It says in verse 8, he sent the Magi to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child, and when you have found him, report to me, and I too may come and worship him. And he lied through his teeth. And the Magi came, and they worshiped Jesus, verse 11. And then verse 12, having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. And when Herod realized he'd been deceived, we read in verse 16, then when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem 
and in all its environs from two years old and under according to the time which he had ascertained from the Magi. St. Nick believed. The Magi believed. And even Herod believed. We need to move beyond belief, though, to action. And Herod's actions were deplorable. But the Magi and St. Nick give us examples of how we should act. We should move from belief to action out of our love for Jesus to help those around us. So next time your children ask you about St. Nick, tell them the truth, that he loved Jesus. He fell at his feet. And because of that, he helped the poor. When I was a little boy, we had a tradition that went from my mom's side. She was German. And those of you who are German know that you open your presents on Christmas Eve. And you also, my German friends, would have that beautiful live evergreen tree and put candles on it and light the candles and sing something like O Tannenbaum in German. It was beautiful and frightening. And you hold a fire extinguisher and blow the candles out as quick as you can. Well, part of our tradition on Christmas Eve, when we would go to open our presents, mom would say to my three older sisters and myself, she'd say, you have to go wash your hands. Well, that made sense to me as a little boy. Of course, you have to have clean hands to open your presents. And while we were busy at the bathroom washing our hands and running back to the family room where the presents were in the Christmas tree, Santa Claus had arrived. And there he was, Santa Claus, in the flesh, red and white suit, black boots, long flowing white beard. As a little child, I never put it together that when Santa Claus was in the room, Dad was always gone. <laughs> my dad emulated St. Nick, not just at Christmas. But throughout his life, my dad worshipped the Lord Jesus. And he used his wealth to help the poor. My dad went beyond belief and followed Jesus' command to love others as he loved himself. And so this Christmas, I want to ask you, what about you? You're here because you believe. But have you moved beyond belief to action in the name of Jesus Christ? I'd like to invite you to pray with me, and even if you're watching and joining us online, if you'd bow your head and, and join with us. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I first want to mention what it is you need to believe about Jesus, and that is that he died for our sins on the cross, and he rose from the grave and he conquered death, and that he's returning for us someday to take us to be with him in a perfect place in paradise, in heaven, forever. And if you believe that, you need to move beyond belief to action, and the first step is to invite him into your life to save you. You can say a simple prayer like this, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for sin, you rose again from the grave, and I ask you to save me and give me the gift of eternal life. And Lord, for those of us who have believed, help us to move beyond belief to the actions that would honor you as we worship you 
and as we love others. It's in your beautiful name we pray, Lord Jesus.